This is Howard Anderson, Managing Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today we're talking with Kelly McClendon, President of Health Information Experts, which provides consulting on privacy, security, and other electronic health records issues. Thanks so much for joining us today, Kelly. Soon, many hospitals and clinics will be applying for electronic health records instead of payments from Medicare and Medicaid under the HITECH Act. What are the key steps they need to take in the areas of privacy and security as they prepare to prove that they are actually meaningful users of EHRs and thus qualify for the payments? Well, to start with, obviously look at the meaningful use criteria, and uh, within the core set, there is a criteria that quote, says, protect electronic health information created or maintained by the certified EHR technology through the implementation of appropriate technical capabilities. Diving into the meaningful use criteria further, all hospitals or eligible professionals are asked to conduct or review a security risk analysis and implement updates as necessary and correct identified security deficiencies as a part of its risk management process. What that really means is need to do a security risk analysis if they have these providers uh, or hospitals have not done so in the past, and even if they have, do a review and uh, look for uh, vulnerabilities and threats. There are plenty of documents, uh, including from HHS, that will advise on this type of risk analysis. There is no defined methodology. Uh, You're free to use uh, whatever you feel is appropriate, but there is plenty of guidance out there. So I think for a security analysis, uh, there is quite a bit of documentation and we'll certainly have to attest as a part of the core set of meaningful use criteria that these security risk analysis have been uh, managed uh, as a part of your EHR project. Now, privacy is a little different. Privacy and security are, in fact, different areas, uh, very related, uh, interrelated, if you will. They certainly call out to each other. But there is no meaningful use criteria for privacy, per se. But we do know, of course, that HIPAA applies to all entities in the United States, as do appropriate state regulations. So anyone interested in applying for meaningful use incentives will have to meet the security meaningful use criteria, but they're also going to have to meet HIPAA as well as their associated state regulations for privacy. So it's quite a handful. It does mean really that you need to have an effective privacy officer and privacy compliance program and security officer and security compliance program. Of course, a small, you know, one, two to five or, you know, a few more perhaps eligible professionals or physicians. Office is a small business, and they aren't going to have different people providing, you know, privacy officer and security officer functionalities. They're going to have perhaps those wrapped into an office manager or a single individual Uh, And that's okay as long as those areas are covered and thought about. What we like to see in the privacy world is adequate uh, review of your privacy policies and procedures. Make sure you have up-to-date forms. It's probably a good idea to understand who your attorney would be if you were 
uh, to have to use them for any privacy needs. To have their software certified for the incentive program, electronic health records vendors must offer a long list of security capabilities. The meaningful use rule, however, doesn't require use of any specific technologies other than, as you described it, assessing risks and making sure those risks are addressed somehow. Nevertheless, what questions should those shopping for an electronic health records system ask vendors about their security capabilities? Well, absolutely, uh, there are many more certification criteria than meaningful use criteria for security. And the way I would approach this is if you have an existing vendor, uh, you're going to ask your vendor to provide you with details of how they're going to meet the certification criteria for the security. And if you have prospective vendors, you haven't selected your EHR vendor yet, then I would suggest that those are the same, the same question applies. How are you going to meet certification criteria for security? But that that's one of your key qualifying criteria that you're going to use to judge your vendor's performance in your vendor selection process. So we want the vendors to be literate enough with the certification criteria that when a user or, you know, uh, either an existing user or potential user comes to them and says, what are your plans for meeting the certification criteria for security? How are you going to do this? That the vendor is able to produce the list of certification criteria. It certainly isn't hard to get. Any of us could do it with the Internet searches. And uh, then turn around and explain their methodology and plans for meeting that criteria. What versions will they be using? What third-party tools? Uh, all of that. So I would put the work on the vendors to respond. And if they do not, then you perhaps need to go a little deeper by providing them with the certification criteria. Certainly, uh, in the past, the Certification Commission for Health Information Technology, CCHIT, published their criteria they were certifying on, and we know that uh, in the future, the temporary certification and then the permanent certification programs will have all of that criteria uh, well-published and uh, in list form uh, that you can work over with your vendors. The key point there is the vendors themselves need to be aware of this and be driving the process of being certified. It's not up to the users to achieve that certification. When it comes to cloud computing, what additional potential security risks are involved when a healthcare organization uses a remotely hosted electronic health record system? As a result, are there extra questions that should be posed to those vendors? As far as cloud computing is concerned, that actually adds elements of risk into the security mix. Cloud computing is, in some respects, a new concept, and in other respects, is, is quite an old concept. So there certainly are usable, workable security scenarios for cloud computing, but uh, in its current manifestations and some of the, the, the most recent, uh, you know, large vendor cloud computing platforms that have come around, probably have some, some brand new uh, security capabilities and risk. Uh, what we typically see 
with cloud computing is security risks that revolve around not having primary direct control of the servers, the hardware and software platforms, and relying on the vendors and third parties to manage the security processes and have access to them. We also find that in the clouds, it gets much harder to document exactly what the platforms are, exactly what the security procedures and policies are that are associated with them. So while it's not undoable, it does add an element of complexity. And I would suggest that any hospital or uh, eligible professional that was interested in using a cloud or SaaS-based type software solution would want to take extra time to understand the documentation surrounding the security protocols, tools, audit logging, and so forth that are going to go along with uh, the clouds. We, we're also worried about things like storage management. Where is the data stored or how is it stored? What kind of hierarchies are stored? You know, How many copies? Who has access? You're not going to know that stuff in detail, but you're going to have to ask those questions and try to get the best answers that you can. That's what I think concerns us the most is that uh, what we've seen to date has been not well-versed uh, answers to some of those questions, that it's a little more nebulous, almost cloud-like in the answers themselves. So um, you're going to have to be careful with that because it adds elements of risk uh, that you have to manage. Again, doesn't mean you cannot use those types of platforms or architectures, but you must be careful and take some extra time to document them well. Finally, as more organizations use social networks, including Facebook and Twitter and others, for marketing and educational purposes, it raises some new potential privacy and security issues. Do you think healthcare organizations should be crafting specific policies on the use of social networks, and what are the essential components of such a policy? Certainly, if you're going to use the social networks, you're going to have to write policies about them. Uh, if it's marketing and education, uh, all of that should keep PHI, protected health information, out of the mix and uh, keep it separate. We certainly don't want to see PHI accessible to Facebook or Twitter or any other social networks. We want to keep the PHI well, well away from that in any instance of it. Because our privacy is more scoped and focused on the PHI itself, we do understand marketing, we understand education, but it's typically as it relates to privacy of PHI, not generally scoped across the organization. Um, what we'd say is we want to keep in our, in our policies, we want to actually keep our uh, PHI out of the social networks and uh, also limiting it on email, which is not necessarily a social network but has the potential for abuse. PHI could be escaped from email into the wider social network. So we do want to watch for that. We also have to, as a part of our privacy, be cognizant that it may not be possible to easily manage watching the social networks because there's so many permutations and connections there. But if we get complaints that PHI 
anything related to our privacy and security of that PHI is now being found inside a social network, how do you take action? Uh, what steps are your corrective actions, your remediation process is going to take place? What kind of investigation are you going to do on the front end? Uh, all that has to be dealt with in policy and procedure. So again, it's a little bit backhanded. You don't have exactly uh, a policy for social networks within your privacy program, but you certainly call out to it. Okay, well, thanks very much, Kelly. We've been talking today with Kelly McClendon of Health Information Experts. This is Howard Anderson. Thanks so much for listening.